we're back. It's Foundations. It's good to be back. This is fun. I'm really enjoying this. I hope our listeners are too. This is our first attempt at podcasting. Mm -hmm. And we're going to move from our personal stories into events of the day. Right now, uh, the rockets are flying over Israel. I'm leaving in a few hours to go to Israel. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure that our listeners are going to be very interested in what's happening in the land. I'm going to give a good report when I get back. Yeah. For our podcasting. But this is fun. I love doing this with you. And uh, this is this is a good way to head into our future together. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to the first one, I encourage you to go back. There's not too far you have to scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Just one, actually. Just go back to one and learn a little bit about Paul's background, a.k.a. my dad. And we're going to go right now into your college. We're going to... Mm-hmm. Kind of see, what was it like? You graduated high school. And I you, did. You didn't want to stay local. You're still going down this music excursion. Mm-hmm. What was going through Paul Wilbur's mind out of high school? Time to get out of here? Well, you know that uh, I shared last time the, the blessing and the curse of being a, a music guy, singer, and the singing monkey thing. Mm-hmm. That actually uh, disappeared in the high school years when I formed a little rock and roll band with my friend Tim Solak, who's still playing drums professionally, Hmm. by the way. And uh, he went to music school as well. But we had a little rock band called the Gremlins. (laughs) Um, And then we changed to Along the Way. Uh We actually did some recording in New York City. Um, We had a really good reputation in the whole area. We actually played weekends up in New York over mm-hmm. the border of New Jersey where I spent formative years there. Um, and so I I went from being the singing monkey to actually making money and, and uh, having a couple of the cool girls actually think I was okay. Being a gremlin. Uh, yes, being, <laughs> being a gremlin. But also in high school, um, I joined the, the choir, uh, which was a, a a good place to be. That wasn't for the weirdo kids. Mm-hmm. I was the drum major in the marching band. That was not, that was kind of two steps back. Yeah. With the tall hat and the big baton standing up. My friends, uh, the cigarette smoking, gum chewing in class, <laughs> uh, friends of mine, the, the rock kids, would stand on the side of the road when the band was going by and shout, uh, not nice thing. <laughs> nice thing. I was the singing monkey again. Only now I'm the dancing monkey. Uh-huh. But I also played uh, a lead role in the music high school plays that were very popular and well known because our music teacher, Bill Cromie, um, was a, a special guy. Mm. And all uh, throughout my junior high years. I really wanted to be a part of anything he was doing in music. So he auditioned me in junior high and said, yes, we want you in the high school. Mm. And um, But that's what really solidified, okay, what do I want to do with my life? I thought about animal husbandry. Mm. Um, I looked at chemistry. 
because my dad, as you know, was a chemist and uh, flunked out of chemistry twice <laughs> in high school. I said, probably not a good choice. Uh-huh. And, and then um, I started looking at music schools and only one music school bothered to come to Pequannock High School huh. in Pompton Plains. And uh, they came specifically to recruit me for their school which was just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I took a trip out there, saw the school, small, um, not intimidating, nice people. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I went there. Four years, majored in vocal music, uh, music education, actually. But in the, the first couple of weeks, when I auditioned for my voice teacher, who happened to be the cantor, at the temple downtown Cleveland, mm-hmm. he hired me oh, wow. to be a part of the choir in a reformed temple, very famous as it turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for years, I sat next to him on mm-hmm. Friday nights at the temple downtown Cleveland, uh, learning some Hebrew uh, mm-hmm. Jewish literature. And after my four years in undergraduate I decided I want to be an opera singer Hmm. and a traditional Jewish cantor. Um, There was someone famous, I think I remember a story you were sharing, who had done that. So there was someone that you kind of said, oh, well, maybe that's... Yep. As it turned out, uh, Richard Tucker, whose whose real name was Tinker, (laughs) he changed it from Tinker to Tucker, uh, thinking that probably rightly so that that was a better choice for a stage name anyway he would be on johnny carson show and whatnot mm-hmm. an amazing talent turns out that he had also been the cantor and had done concerts at mm-hmm. the temple where i was in in cleveland ohio so um i bought all of his records his 33 and a thirds and listened to all of them I became like his disciple. Hmm. Uh, I had the score and I'd listen to the record and I'd put a mark in the score on the music score where he would take a breath. Hmm. And when you're singing high operatic music, yeah, sometimes you have to color. It's called coloring the vowel. So instead of just a bright E, you change it to E. So it's hmm. not as harsh on the ear. Mm-hmm. And so I would mark that. He would color the vowels up top. Hmm. And I'd make those markings. I became his understudy. And I learned a lot about being a disciple of Yeshua hmm. by being a disciple of Richard Tucker and his music style. But you had, did you have any religious thoughts? I mean, at that time, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use that word, but as we get into more of the foundations this is about a relationship but at that time in your life were you raised going to a church or a congregation to synagogue okay so backing back up to the early years um mom was my mother was raised as a new england baptist Hmm. so um although she knew dad was jewish and dad uh well, he, he was, I always called dad the reluctant Jew. <laughs> he grew up, you know, he was born in 1923. Uh-huh. So formative years in the Great Depression. 
and then the Holocaust. He signed up to be a tail gunner on a B-17 over Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Being a Jew was not a very popular thing in those years. Uh, many ways still isn't. But um, so he ran away. He did not embrace even himself being a Jew. And so going to church with mom and us was not a big deal for dad. Um, and so we hopped from church to church when we were young. Um, it wasn't a passion of mine. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I wasn't excited about going. When I went to college, I completely uh, dumped the mm-hmm. church and started attending the temple. Mm-hmm. I would even go for special services. Mm-hmm. My dad, uh, you may not know, was upset with me. When for, you went to synagogue? When I went to synagogue. In fact, he asked me once, he said, why are you doing this to me? Oh, wow. He felt it was a personal attack because he had spent most of his life running away from being a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... Here's his firstborn son looking like he's really embracing this, which I did even more as a believer. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was very difficult for him. Yeah. I just remember a lot of his stories. And he always stayed far away from anything about uh, the Lord or talk about that. It's almost like, you know, here he is today. He had experience in World War II. He would touch on those stories a little bit, but more about his life and when he worked for the the German company Mm -hmm. and hearing about that, but more so just, you know, hearing the stories coming from you and your experience as a child, you really went through a a journey of seeking what is life about? I mean, did you ever have that thought or you maybe just didn't care? It's about music, Mm -hmm. being successful, what you thought that meant and forget about everything else. No, interesting. That's a good question. Because I can remember, even as a young boy and a young man, thinking my life is going to matter. Hmm. It's going to, my life is going to make a difference. I don't know how, I don't know where, but people will remember that I was here. I always had that sense about my life. Very strange. That's a, mm-hmm. a, a good question because it brings back a whole series of emotions and things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I became a believer, then I really realized why all of those years in music. Mm-hmm. I realized that all of the study and uh, after college, I, I moved to Italy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, last time on our last broadcast, I, I went... I didn't know any Italian. I just wanted to further my career, but mm-hmm. still not a believer. Yeah. So um, where do opera singers come from? Italy. Where should I study? Italy. So I moved to Milan, Italy, the home of La Scala Opera House, the most famous opera house in the world. Mm-hmm. I went and saw productions there. I studied with a top teacher, Italian who also spoke no English. My Italian was growing. I was studying it, but mm-hmm. still. Eh. And um, Didn't Grandpa, was it this point in time where it's like, maybe you should find something else? 
to do with your life instead of music. Oh, well. <clears throat> Get a real job, find something out like <laughs> he he said my entire life, won't you please get a job? It it became uh even when I was making good money uh-huh. or as a music teacher, still not a believer, as a music teacher in high school mm-hmm. back in Berea, Ohio, where I went to undergraduate school, Baldwin Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um he would quip at me, when are you going to get a real job? Mm. Um, eventually, he came around. <clears throat> excuse me. And after I became a believer and he watched my life and then your life mm-hmm. and saw all the things that were going on, mm-hmm. he called me one day. You you wouldn't have known this, but he told me he wanted to be baptized. Wow. Yeah, that he now believed what I believed. So he found a church in town. He got water baptized, dunked, was what I think he said he wanted to get dunked. Mm-hmm. None of this, you know, sprinkle me happy stuff. <clears throat> he wanted the real thing, a mikvah. And um and joined the choir, mm-hmm. joined the joined the church, and then in the last years of his life began to embrace his own Jewishness. He apologized to me. For all of the the things that he had said and the emotions that he had expressed, really anger mm-hmm. at me for wanting to be a cantor and Well, it's because of the rejection he felt. He yeah. didn't want you to go through similar usually a father's love for a child is don't go down this road because I know what happens. Mm. Yeah, that's very insightful. And it's true. Um but it it it, it the way he expressed it, probably, you know, parents it stole, aren't perfect. It stole a lot of things. The The attitude mm-hmm. that he approached life, although um, very loving, people loved Papa, as you oh, remember. Yeah. Papa, as you called him. And um, he, we, <laughs> in the last years, remember, we nobody wanted to take him shopping <laughs> because he would stand for an hour at the fish uh-huh. counter or at the meat market and talk to the people well, at the counter. 20-minute 20, 20 grocery visit turned into an hour and a half. And he said, I'm not paying a dollar fifty for a pound. I used to pay yeah. 25 cents. Yeah. And I'm like, well, Pop-Pop, you know, inflation. Yeah. So our foundations, we're, we're getting to, eventually we're going to get to your story too, which mm-hmm. I think is really compelling how would you have embraced why would you have embraced mm-hmm. um a lot of your growing up years me traveling mm-hmm. how did that impact you um you you had a very different reaction than your younger brother and we're going to bring him in too cuz he's he's part of this foundations thing yeah. but our family i'm i'm just so can i say proud Mm-hmm. Um, of what the Lord has done in our lives as a family to be a demonstration yeah. of his kingdom um, and, the, and the desire that you and your brother and your wives and now our grandsons mm-hmm. and my wife raised Presbyterian, the desire that we have as a family that's displayed in Shabbat in your home broadcast, right? Every mm-hmm. week. Uh, First Friday meeting, um, face-to-face, 
you're preaching, leading the meeting. I used to do it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the guest whenever I'm home on a, the first Friday of the month, which isn't very often. Uh, but you're leading it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so proud. Uh, the Lord has done just amazing mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Foundations. And I hope that this kind of stuff is impacting the lives of the families of those who choose to tune yeah. in. I'm, I'm sure it is. So we'll close up this one. We've reached our time and maybe get into one more part because I wanted to get into that early years of the recording. I think what you have to bring even to some leaders that are listening will be impacted in a, in a powerful way to see what was it like? What was that first step, that moment that you knew this is what I was called to do Hmm. and what all the things that I endured in in the past brought me to this moment. So Mm -hmm. we will be back. All right. I'm excited.